today on This Christian Life. I have been addicted to myself, addicted to pride, addicted to performance, addicted to people's opinions, self-worth or self-gratification, self-everything. As I say that now, it's embarrassing to even say it, but it's where I was living. I've been freed from that, and I know that freedom is possible. That's our guest, Kurt Campbell. One day, Kurt realized he was in prison. He didn't do anything wrong, at least he didn't think he did. In fact, he was pretty sure he always did the right thing. And yet here he was, locked up, feeling low, and far away from God, like a common criminal. If you just say the way you live doesn't matter, like God's gonna love and accept you anyway, that's really dangerous, because it just says me, I can go out and do what I wanna do and sin and right, but that's not freedom, that's bondage. Over 50,000 inmates are presently incarcerated in Tennessee's adult prisons and jails. 97% of them will one day be released. Nationally, around 70% will end up back behind bars. In Tennessee, over 50% of men on parole or probation will return to prison. Do you mind if I pray real quick? No, I love it. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this opportunity just to talk and share stories that glorify you. Thank you for Kurt being here. Thank you for all he's doing to glorify you. We pray that you just give us wisdom and guidance and just let's have a great conversation so we can minister to others. In Jesus' name we pray. So Kurt, you never knew the prison life, but something drew you to it. Now it seems you're a regular here. Uh, Tell us your story or how you see it anyways. I was in bondage. It wasn't a clear bondage. Like, I had no idea I was in bondage. But as God opened my eyes to my heart and my depravity, even though I wasn't addicted or incarcerated, I've been encouraged, you know, to share it and and happy to do it today. It's funny, my wife, when she met my family and kind of heard my story, she referred to us as the Cleavers. An old Leave it to Beaver, you know, reference. Oh, Leave it to Beaver. That's the one where the parents are super perfect, right? Like the perfect family. Literally an all-American family. I mean, I was blessed. As of today, my folks have been married 57 years. Uh, My dad coached every ball team I ever had. I knew I was loved. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Raised in a church. Interestingly, as I look back, it wasn't a Bible-teaching church. It was more of a social thing for us, but I knew who Jesus was, and I, I knew I was a sinner. Quite honestly, I had not really been in my Bible at all. The church I grew up in, you didn't take your Bible to church. The pastor might read one verse out of it before he preached, but the message wasn't on Scripture. It was the opinion of the day. Whatever. There's still, I think there's still a lot of churches like that. But it was what I knew. So everything I knew about Christianity had been my experience. Mm, that's interesting. So I went to Baylor University, Waco, Texas, great Southern Baptist school. And I got invited by a guy to go to a Campus Crusade small group, and uh, they were studying the life of Paul at the time. And so as we launched into this study of Paul, I mean, I was reading about this guy who it was a life of adventure, faith, passion, you know, near-death experiences, all this stuff. And it was like, if that's what the Christian life is, I want it. 
So that was a revelation for me. I went into youth ministry after that. I got real excited about just sharing what I had learned with others. And here's what was interesting. At that point in my life, even as a youth director in a church, I was waving flags of, I didn't know they were rooted in pride, but they were. I had been a good kid, a moral kid, good athlete, good student, all this stuff that was kind of building my resume. I was a virgin till I was 27. I've, to this day, I've never tasted beer. <laughs> I've, you know, I've had alcohol. I've never tasted beer. That's just one of my little di- right. It's just crazy stuff that I felt like I had something to offer because of the way I'd lived. And I thought, well, hey, I can tell these kids, you know, you can do this too, kind of mentality. Which, as I say that now, it gags me. Like it's embarrassing to even say it, but it's where I was living. So here's where it all turned for me. I had a buddy that moved to Nashville that had been through a discipleship program that I'd always wanted to go through. And I said, man, when you come, if I put a group of guys together, will you take us through what you've been learning? He said, I would love to do that. So we started in Genesis. We're walking through. We get to Genesis 4, and uh, you know the earth is getting corrupt, and God says, I will not contend with man forever because the only inclination of his heart is only evil all the time. I mean, that's strong. And I was looking at what had happened and I thought, you know what, I get it. God's fed up, nobody's paying attention to him, they don't love him, and so he's gonna save the one righteous guy, Noah. Noah found favor in God's eyes, and he was seen as a blameless righteous man. So as we're studying this, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not Noah, per se, but I'd have been on the boat, right? Because I'm a good guy. I'm a virgin. I, you know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Yada, yada. I've been to church my whole life. I've been a youth minister, for crying out loud. Uh, but you hear as I'm talking what my resume was, right? It was all this blameless self-righteousness stuff. A couple weeks later, we get to the end of the flood narrative, and Noah comes off of the ark with his family, and he offers this pleasing sacrifice to the Lord. And here is God's response to the sacrifice. He said, never again will I flood the earth, even though every inclination of man's heart is only evil all the time. And my buddy who was teaching the study said, now who's God talking about here? And I was dumbfounded. I'm I'm serious. I, I said, I have no idea who he's talking about because the only guy left is Noah and he's righteous. And he said, Kurt, he's talking about Noah, bro and he's talking about you, and he's talking about me. The only inclination of our hearts is only evil all the time. And I'm telling you, even as I say it now, I can feel and remember the anger that welled up in me. And I didn't recognize it at the time, but we'd already read about Cain and Abel. And remember Cain's response when he brought the offering to the Lord and the Lord didn't receive it? He was angry and downcast and he walked away. And I'm telling you, in my opinion, I had brought this great offering to the Lord with these 27 years of life. And what I was hearing from him is, Kurt, it's not good enough. Doesn't matter. Your offering is unacceptable in my sight. And I'm telling you, I went away angry. Now I stayed in this Bible study, but I'll tell you my mentality was, well, screw it. 
if the way I've lived my life does not put me in any different standing with God than everybody else, then I'll go live like the rest of the world because I got the same desires everybody else has, right? I've said no to these beautiful women all my life. I've said no to whatever. And in the midst of this Bible study, I just begin this moral downward spiral. And do you know what God showed me in that? I was exactly who God's word said I was. The only inclination of my heart truly was to do me. And it took that, it took me realizing that my best, my very best to offer God is not ever gonna cover my sin. So that was a game changer for me to just come to the realization of I've got nothing to offer God, but here's where it came full circle. In that realization, God loved me, not because I was a virgin, not because I didn't smoke pot or drink beer or cuss or whatever else. God just loved me because he chose to. Now that was amazing. I had lived my life in this bondage of performance Right? That when I walked through this door, it's important to me that Chris thinks I'm a good guy. Or, man, when I share this story on family radio, I hope everybody goes, God, that Kurt Campbell guy is great. You know, that's not where I am anymore. I am free. My life verse, Galatians 5 1, says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So do not be bound again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, he wants us to be free from drugs, from lying, from manipulation, but also from these things of performance and pride and perfection that somehow if I reach a certain point of living my life that I'll be acceptable to God, that is a lie. He loves me. My righteousness will never be my own. It's impossible because I was conceived in sin and born into iniquity, right? To quote David in Psalm 51, it's ever before me. And I didn't see that for a long time. And where I praise God is that I could have so easily died at 82, 83, 84 years old, sitting in a pew, believing that I was righteous because of the way I had lived my life. and. It's a lie. God opened my eyes to that, and it's given me a freedom and an ability to accept God's love for me, His unconditional acceptance, and to live in the freedom of that, but then also to extend it to others, that you don't have to live in bondage or performance to anything. You live in the freedom and the love of God. I wanna qualify this, because some people go, that's dangerous. Like, if you just say the way you live doesn't matter, like God's gonna love and accept you anyway, that's really dangerous, because it just says me, I can go out and do what I wanna do and sin and right. but that's not freedom, that's bondage. It's pure gospel. Yeah. That's that's the difference, it's not religion, it's gospel. It's um, we do good because he loved, we don't, do, we don't do good to earn love. And God's laws, even though we're not under the law, under the penalty of the law, they are for our protection because God loves us. And I have the freedom to live in his protection and in his love without the condemnation of my own heart, 
my own conscience, just knowing I can never measure up. And the only inclination of my heart is only evil all the time. I've accepted that. And it is ever before me, man. Those thoughts cross my mind when I'm driving to the station to share a testimony that, boy, I, I could be puffed up about this. I confess it immediately. God, that is not who I want to be. Man, it's a daily battle to live in freedom. But the entire reason God sent Jesus is because he could live the life that none of us can. And that sounds very churchy, but it, it's just true. God knows I can't live a perfect life. I can never measure up to holiness that would allow me into his presence. So he's provided a way on my behalf and said, Kurt, don't sweat the small stuff. I got you. I love you. It's the most freeing thing in the world, and I, I thank God for it. Do you think finding this freedom is what made you interested in prison ministry, or did the prison ministry come first? No, the, the freedom came first. I think where it's helped me in prison ministry is knowing that even though I never have been addicted to a substance or something like that, I have been addicted to myself. And whether you want to call it addicted to pride, addicted to performance, addicted to people's opinions of me or acceptance of me, and there was this constant striving to find self-worth or self-gratification, self-everything, right? I've been freed from that, and I know that freedom is possible. And that true freedom only exists in Christ. I mean, if people talk about a blind spot, they can't see it. That's why it's called a blind spot. And that's where I was. I was blind and I was free from a lot of things and still not free. I don't know what God would have done to call me into freedom had it not been that, but he used that passage of scripture to set me free. It is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Don't be bound again. So with the Men of Valor ministry, you get to share the knowledge of that freedom, the freedom you realized with prisoners here in Tennessee. Can you talk about that some more? Um, so Men of Valor, if in case I forget later, it's movministry.com. In a nutshell, uh, Chris, we're a prison ministry, but we are evangelistic inside the prisons and just trying to develop relationship with guys so they realize I'm not forgotten, I have value, I'm not totally rejected by society, even though I'm locked away for a while. And then our invitation to them while they're in prison is to say, hey, if you want to continue and learning what it means to walk with the Lord and be a part of a discipleship community upon release, uh, we've got a housing development in uh, Nashville here that houses 93 guys and we're opening one in Knoxville that houses 30 guys. And it's basically just a transitional center for guys coming out of incarceration that helps check all the re-entry boxes that a guy coming out of prison needs, but it is done in a community and an environment that is Christ-centered, gospel-centric, Bible teaching, support accountability, and uh, it's, it's difficult because uh, guys have to choose to come, and in, in theory, they're free. Well, we just talked about freedom. In theory, they're free to do what they want, and the cares of the world are incredibly tempting as they are for all of us but for guys coming out of prison who have literally not indulged the flesh to certain degrees for years and they come out and all this opportunity exists 
if they don't have some structure and accountability, people walking alongside them and doing life and helping them make good choices until they kind of get established and get their feet back under them, prisons are not happy, restorative places, very evil. And so we've got this window of opportunity while people are incarcerated to impact them in such a way that when they do get out, that they're going to hopefully live differently, be givers to the community as opposed to takers. So we want to impact them while they're incarcerated, but then once they're out, we want to help provide opportunities for them to live a life that allows them to be a giver. So we're just kind of a partner in that process to help guys find life and find it in Christ, ultimately. Is there a story or thought about Men of Valor that just brings you joy? Oh, man, there's lots. I've had a front row seat to the activity of God for 17 years. One story I like to tell, just because he's one of my best friends now, this guy named, I call him AC. I met him in prison probably in 2006. We had a discipleship program that was a year long. I loved him from the get-go. And he struggled with addiction. And he finished our one-year program, got out, relapsed, came back. Went through our one-year program again, incarcerated, got out, relapsed, came back, right? Went through the third time got out, got a job, did well, stayed the course, stayed plugged in. Led to success. That's right. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. God can um, give freedom to anybody, whether you've never been addicted your entire life and all of a sudden you realize you're evil, or you've been addicted to something all your life and realize you're evil, and that God can free anybody. I think that's great. You know, that is why we do what we do. We're a seed planting ministry. Um, He's been on staff with us now 11 years. There's no telling the impact he's made in literally hundreds of men's lives in that time. And he's now the guy who is going to head up our new campus in Knoxville, Tennessee. When you think about Jesus giving sight to the blind, helping the lame to walk, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, you may forget that you and I, we are the blind, naked, and lame. Prisoners held captive by our own pride, greed, and fear. Hopelessly imprisoned by our own lies and appetites. But God, He sets us free. All we have to do is stand in Him, protected in His armor. And that's from Ephesians 6. That's all He asks, and we can barely do that. But we have a Savior much more faithful than us, and He will help us walk step by step by His power and for His glory in this Christian life. This Christian Life is a production of Family Stations Incorporated and is not affiliated with Christian Life Magazine or Plus Communications Incorporated. Family Radio.